I know this may be raw for some. I was having a conversation with a friend, and he began to share with me his frustrations about church and God and religion and why he's not a Christian. Uh. Of stepping in your sanctuary when you paint God as being a genie or a fairy. Your delusion of waiting for a second coming. All I see is broken promises from preachers fronting. Offering you lies, but you're offering in tithes. Members struggling, yet his assets multiply. Please remove the cloak from your eyes. His mansions on earth are cells you want in the sky. Like God's about to rain money We're outside the gang bang and the kids are hungry Now hearing God is good only makes my blood boil You're loyal to a God who does nothing for you Why don't these sermons annoy you When the streets are filled with blood running like anointing oil Murder, rape, diseases, please do tell How could the God of heaven love us when we're born in hell? Jesus, saw you there? Cause the last time I prayed Things got worse, forget a church, Jesus doesn't say Serving the whiteness, God Jesus had us picking cotton over master's lies Raped our women, killed our men, boy, picked them crops Now slaves to the justice system and killed by cops Stray bullets, killing innocent kids Too odd to trust in the God whose face is hid And as he was talking a bad rap, cause they were quoting scriptures, taking whips to our backs, but the same scriptures they twisted to enslave us, inspired abolitionists to liberate us, so which is the proper example of Jesus, the ones who raped and beat us, or the ones who freed us, through history men abuse scripture for their agenda, it doesn't reflect God, it just reflects that men are sinners, so God became a man, and put on human flesh to endure and overcome everything we experience, earth born of a virgin though he made us from dirt because in the beginning man loved and walked with god giving control over the earth they were not at odds god is love yet holy his standard is perfection yet adam sinned against god and brought death and destruction so as a result of the fall through adam death reigns so life is full of diseases murder rape and pain but where sin prevails grace much more we blame christ for evil he gave himself to die for saying why doesn't god just eliminate evil because if he did there would be no more people forced to think we'd still be here if God decided today to make evil disappear cause all of sin and falling short of God's glory so I consider every breath we take to be his mercy his mercy's rich and he gives the breath in our lungs we used to sin against him so Jesus suffered and died so that we can be saved And so despite tribulations we are overjoyed This life is temporary, one day death will be destroyed He'll wipe every tear, no more sorrow, no more pain His resurrection is legitimacy for these claims He'll wipe every tear, no more sorrow, no more pain His resurrection is legitimacy for these claims
Welcome, welcome to the Path of Revelation podcast. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, that was my song, God With Us, featuring my sister, Katrina Campbell, from my latest project, Paradigm Shift. But listen, I have an amazing show today for you guys. Today's show is titled, The Internal Conflict of many black Christians. And I have a special guest on today to help me talk about this topic. My brother, pastor, Christian rapper, producer, Chris Jones. Yes, he's gonna be sharing his testimony of some of his experiences as a black pastor in Kentucky, (laughs) Um, living in a um, predominantly white community, predominantly white church, married to his beautiful wife who um, is white as well Um, and just some of his experiences and really the purpose for me doing this show is because many of us have in the midst of these um, the racial tension that we've encountered this year many of us as black people we've we felt frustrated angry in, in a lot in some instances or even in a lot of instances like our voice has has not been heard and so one of the reasons I want to do this show is for the sake of unity in the body to first help us understand what to do with anger and frustration um, and to help those who may have different life experiences may have come from different, ethnic cultural backgrounds than us and may have caught and as a result may have caused them to have different experiences than us for this this is the purpose of this show is for the sake of understanding understanding our differences but also understanding despite our differences that our identity is in Christ and so I think this show is going to be very helpful for us as a body of Christ Um, And we're going to be transparent. We're going to be honest. But also we want to aim to keep this conversation biblical and make sure that we're honoring Christ. So that's coming in the next segment. But this show was really one of the things that inspired this show was my brother Chris Jones song. Whose Lives Matter, which is the second featured song for this this episode and so I want to play this song real quick and I want you guys just to hear the lyrics because when I heard this song it it resonated with my heart so much because I felt like Chris was communicating everything that I was feeling and every like a lot of the things that I had experienced I could identify with the lyrics and the content in this song so let's hop into this song real quick whose lives matter and then we're going to talk with my brother chris jones let's hop into it right now I feel stuck in the middle, 
Some of y'all don't wanna hear my views on race My circles are mostly white people from day to day But that doesn't mean I don't feel the struggles of being black in America I'm looking around at this hysteria Seeing George Floyd killed was a hard hit But if I speak my mind, I'm called a social Marxist Instead of listening, what do some of you do? Jump into the comments and drop a link from YouTube I'm being told that I'm speaking with quite grim intent If I say I understand what's meant by white privilege Instead of having dialogue and a discussion We're sitting here debating if there's systemic injustice I ain't saying I agree with all these theories If I did though, it seems that you would choose not to hear me And that's the kind of stuff that I've been seeing on a daily basis While I'm proclaiming that I don't believe all white are racist understand where I'm coming from I am just a man where I'm coming from And I am torn Try to understand me. Just try to understand where I'm coming from. I am just a man where I'm coming from. And I am torn. Just try to understand me. Some of y'all think I'm a sambo. I ain't black enough. Cause I married a white woman And I ain't in these streets out here acting tough The racial lines, my family is out here blurring them And y'all are mad because I read reformers and the Puritans It's not enough that I rap and spit the right verses Cause I'm a token when I speak up in these white churches You shake your head, man, look at him disgrace again Because I told my white friends that whiteness ain't a sin I remember when you made me feel like a chump For arguing that all white Christians ain't vote for Donald Trump We say that black lives matter, but it's killing me that you demand for black folks to vote for Hillary When she supports abortion And that is more sin Of course that industry kills more blacks than a Trump endorsement I didn't vote for him either, don't treat me like yay I'm out here urging white people to listen to our to pain understand where I'm coming from I am just a man where I'm coming from And I am torn Just try to understand me Just try to understand where I'm coming from I am just a man where I'm coming from I am torn Just try to understand me You see what I mean though? I understand what people be saying about this social justice lingo The word of God is sufficient, it's not a plan B And it's the foundation of all our understanding That's why I can't rock with BLM and the movement because it's anti-biblical and all its blueprints In the beginning God made a male and female It's true when people say that the devil is in the detail They wanna kill the family and get rid of our genders They stand up with the black folks but they have an agenda But don't misunderstand, don't let your mind get pinned up Most people don't know that when they out there to defend us So don't misjudge their motives, don't forget the root Ask them what they mean and then point them to the truth We're made in God's image, he gave us surf to fill it up Black lives matter, especially when they're killing us But on the flip side, don't say all lives matter Well you don't do that when you talking abortion We know that all lives matter, but some sin is specific And some people use that phrase just to dismiss it all lives matter and that's true and I'ma say that But black lives haven't seemed to matter since way back So some people say it to remind us of that fact That as there's bad cops there are also some bad blacks That means police lives matter too, I ain't mad at you A dead policeman means a daughter might not have her daddy too We must remember this and check all of our attitudes Especially if we're believers and we have the truth Jesus Christ is our only hope in all of this Look to his throne and trust in him, not your politics What does this mean when we talk of social justice? We need theology and practice in this discussion Jesus is Lord, that is our confession That's why we speak up when we're seeing oppression We know that policies can't change what's inside man And we're not racist saying down with the white man 
We want every man to bow down to Jesus' throne We giving glory to God because it's His alone When the talking stops and we quit all this chitter-chatter We need to look to Christ cause His life really matters His death and resurrection must be preached with fervency Cause we know all men will face Him in eternity And when we turn and see this sad emergency Jesus is our only hope in this uncertainty Follow Jesus and Jesus alone into this moment only Jesus liberates the oppressed by abolishing oppression itself. For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his body the dividing wall of hostility. Sin remains the problem and Jesus remains the solution and we can never ever let that go. So that song was Whose Lives Matter by my brother Chris Jones. What's up, Chris, man? How, how you doing, bro? What's going on, man? Everything's going all right. How are you? I'm, I'm excellent, man. Listen, you, you got you to gotta share with us, man. What, what inspired Whose Lives Matter, man? What, where were you at mentally and just spiritually, like, what was going through your mind when you were moved to write this song? Man, it's such a phenomenal song. Uh, man, so so that song really came from a place of, uh, I, I guess you could call it stream of consciousness. So a lot of times I'm a very calculated rapper. Uh, I like to I like to go to scripture. I like to have the idea in place. I like to lay it out and rap. But this song came from just a place of, of just struggle. Um, I, I remember it was during the pandemic. It was during the kind of the George Floyd stuff. And I remember just, I would talk to one brother in the faith and we'd be on the same page. Like, yeah, man, this is tough. This hurts. This is, this is terrible. Then I would talk to another brother and we would argue for two hours via text or whatever because he disagreed with my view on the race issue. And then I'd be on social media and people are spazzing in the comments and, um, just really just losing it. And I couldn't understand what was the, what was their problem. I couldn't understand, you know, how is it that they couldn't see what I was seeing? And, and I realized that uh, we all had different viewpoints. And it was from that perspective of different viewpoints. I couldn't fit in with the, the woke crowd because they were saying things I disagree with. I uh, couldn't agree with my reforms. Um, super Bible teaching, expositional, uh, Republican-type friends. And so I just was trying to lay out the struggle for other people because I know that I'm not the only guy that struggled with it. And so that's kind of where the song came from. Right. So so tell us, t just so everybody can understand, like, let everyone know a little bit of your background. You're an African-American man, um, and you're, you're pastoring, right? Okay, and um, what what where do you live at? Uh, you can't tell from the accent. I live in Kentucky, so Kentucky. I'm a boy. I live in a rural community of about twenty thousand people, and actually, the the small town I live in is about nine hundred people. Wow! You said how many people? Yeah, it's a tiny little town. You said it's about nine hundred people. Yeah, the community I live in is about 900. 
Wow. Okay. So you're in Kentucky, and you you you're pastoring in a predominantly white church, correct? Yes. Predominantly white church. Um, your wife is white as well, correct? That's correct. Okay. So. Okay, that's awesome, man. That, that's beautiful, bro. Um, um, the reason why I'm asking these questions is because I kind of want to set kind of like the uh, give everybody a, a look into your you not just who you are, but your where you're at, you know, and we've had some conversations um, prior to this interview. And I'll tell you what, man, the one of the last conversations we had. And I think it was centered around this song. I had to hit you up like, man, yo, this song is just phenomenal because I felt like I could identify with so many of the points that you hit. You know, being an African, an African-American man, um, but having brothers and sisters in the Lord who come from different. Uh, cultural ethnic backgrounds than me they didn't grow up in the same neighborhoods as I did and and they they probably don't have some of the same experiences that I have as a black man in America you know experiencing certain prejudices and and biases that they probably have never had to deal with and so when I heard your song it, it really ministered to me because one of the things that I've noticed, Chris, in the midst of all of this racial tension that we've been going through in America, and I would even say in the world, man, it's kind of like it seems like this is happening around the world. I, it's not many Christians that I've seen have a balanced perspective the way I heard you approach this topic in your song and so that was one of the main reasons why um, I wanted to bring you on this show and I guess one of the things I one of the first things I'm curious to hear from you is how is it how has it been um, in your personal experience being a black man in Kentucky have you encountered uh, much racism or bias or has it been just n- normal you have has that not been your experience so I, I, I'm gonna say this uh, growing up in Kentucky it, racism is something that's I guess come to be expected so um, I guess by like growing up I, I, was, I was writing about this recently growing up I was taught if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. And wow. I didn't know what that meant as a kid, but I knew, like as I grew up, I learned that basically means there's certain white girls that you can't date. There are certain people in this county who don't like you because of the way you look. There are certain people who don't trust you. They think you're a threat. They they don't want to be around you. Um, so as subtle as subtle as racism is for a lot of people uh, here, it's both subtle in some ways and not so subtle in others. And so, um, but I'm just giving an example. I'm a, I was a 4.0 student, uh, well-behaved kid, good grades, but respectable Christian people 
who go to church, who hallelujah, praise the Lord on the weekend, will turn around and say, we don't believe in mixing races because the Bible says we shouldn't do that. So I, wow. the racism, it, it shows itself in certain lanes, I guess you could say. If you go down that lane, it's going to show up. Wow. So, so you would say, and I guess the next question I was going to ask was like, so you would say you've experienced racism as a result of being in an interracial marriage, I would, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, definitely. And, and one of the things that, that my wife and I have discovered, it, it actually goes both ways. Um, so sometimes it's the white family sitting across the aisle from us in the restaurant, can't, get, can't keep their eyes off of us, uh, kind of give you this look of disdain. But then sometimes it's a, it's a black couple that would be kind of mad with it. Like, how dare you roll up in here with this white girl? You know, so I, I get it from both sides of the spectrum. And one of the issues that I've also dealt with is when people say to me, you're the whitest black dude I know because I don't act a certain way or I don't dress a certain way or I don't talk a certain way. And to me, that's a form of racism because what they said is most black people are in this category, bad, can't speak, whatever, but then you're in this higher elite category of black that makes you not even black anymore. Wow. So I've even dealt with it that way to where they're trying to be respectful, but at the same time, they're disrespecting me by saying I'm white. Wow. That's that's interesting, man. And so how much is, have some of these experience come in the church, or would you say most of this has been just occurrences in the world like out and about in the workplace or wherever have you have you experienced this in the church before i, I wish i could say that i haven't but i have uh, two specific examples so i dated a girl back in college white girl who was working for a church and she she came up to me one day and said there's some old ladies in our church who have gone to the pastor about our relationship saying they don't believe in, in interracial dating, interracial marriage. Now, thankfully, her pastor kind of shut it down, squashed it, but those were older ladies in the church that thought it was, was bad, wicked, evil, whatever. Uh, but another more recent situation is I, I do a lot of pulpit supply in churches in the community. I, I love, I've got relationships with pastors, and they'll call me to come preach when they're out of town. Well, one lady took it upon herself to let a pastor in the community know she wasn't going to come this week because a black man is preaching. And she she didn't want a black man in the pulpit. She didn't want the black, a black man to apply for the pastor at this church. She just wasn't having it. So this white pastor, a good brother of mine, one of my, my greatest friends, gets on the radio that morning and brags to the community about my character, about my ability to preach, and says, I'm going to have Chris in our church in a couple of weeks to preach, and we are so thankful for him. So, you know, it, it's, it's been like every time there's been a bad situation, there has been somebody good to step in and say that's out of line. No, that's, that's awesome, and I think it's important to point that out because I think sometimes we, and I'm specifically talking about us as black Christians when we, experience these type of things especially in the church it could be frustrating right and 
And sometimes what I feel like happens with a lot of Christians and a lot of people, but I'm specifically more so talking about us as black Christians, what what sometimes happens we when these type of things happen, we have a way of sometimes we can let our anger and our frustration get the best of us that we focus so much on the one the, those who are racist and biased that we don't even really praise God for those who aren't who 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 empathize with the black experience in America and so I, one of the things I, I guess this kind of transitions into the next phase of this conversation and that is in the midst of all of the racial tension the things that have been transpiring in America this year Chris like the uh, Ahmaud Arbery shooting and George Floyd I mean we can keep going on on and on you know it seems like you know the Jacob Blake Blake shooting and with all of this in the midst of the racial tension, what have been some of the victories that you've had in sharing with some of your brothers of your white brothers and sisters or brothers of other ethnic backgrounds? And what has been some of the frustrations that you've encountered? Uh, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, my phone is breaking up a little bit. Oh, my, okay. So, so in the midst of all the racial tension that has been taking place in our world, especially this year, 2020, what has been some of the victories um, that you've had in sharing your experiences with your white brothers and sisters or even uh, peop, um, brothers and sisters of other ethnic groups um, and what has been some of the frustrations that you've encountered in, in trying to share your personal experience and frustration? Yeah, can you still hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, great. Um, so I would say some of the victories, man, uh, obviously one of the victories is that I have come to grips with who I am in Christ. And as I look at scripture, I have been free to be able to express that I see injustice, that injustice hurts, that injustice frustrates me, that it doesn't glorify God without fearing that somebody's going to disagree with me. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're not going to all agree on everything. So I've, I've found the freedom to be able to speak biblical truth into these situations, knowing that some of my friends, some of the people that I look up to may say something completely opposite or even sideways. And in addition to that, I've learned to, to love and to forgive and to be patient with people who disagree with me. And some of my closest friends, like people I love, people I drink coffee with, people I call on the phone, like those are people that disagree with me. And mm. I've had to learn, A, keep talking to them. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. But B, some of them have, have come to understand where I'm coming from. Mm. They may not land on the same same solution, but they still understand where I'm coming from. Right. And what what would you say and, has um, what would yeah. you say has been some of the frustrations and you know in the midst of that, you know, on the opposite end. Uh, 
been, to be honest, one of my biggest frustrations has been labeling everybody social justice warrior, critical race theory, woke, throwing these terms out just because someone someone speaks out on race. And, mm. and I think those those terms like critical race theory, wokeness, all those things are they can be dangerous. But just because someone speaks out on race, just because someone expresses frustration or fear or concern, that doesn't mean they, they need to be labeled in that camp. Wow. And uh, another frustration has been, um, let's find the black celebrity preacher that we like that disagrees with you, and let me just flood your phone, flood your news feed, flood the comments with his stuff, and not really listen to you, because that black theologian, that black blogger, that agrees with me represents all black people. Right. But that racist white person only represents them. And so one of my bigger frustrations has been that you you will you will tell me I need to listen to this black dude, but if I said this white dude represents all white people, you say no. And so just learning that like let let each individual represent their own views and speak for themselves and, and listen to what they're saying because like you described earlier, my experience as a black dude in Kentucky is different than yours in Detroit, and right. it's different than another black dude in Kentucky. Right. We're not all the same. Yeah, what, what you're ta- man, what you're talking about, Chris, is so powerful and so real too. We have to, you know, one of the scriptures that I always think of when I get frustrated because I don't want to just, I want to be real about the frustrations that we've encountered and, and some of the anger that we may have in, experienced in the midst of this cultural climate that we're in. But I also want to hold us, even us accountable as men of God, following the word of God, like somebody being wrong or someone sinning against us isn't an excuse for us to go into sin. And so, you know, just because my brother or sister doesn't understand my personal experience. And one thing that I hate, I hate when I'm talking with someone who uh, is that that will box you in like you talked about is when someone is quick to respond to my personal experience with stats and articles. It's like, man, you know me like you don't know this black preacher that's disagreeing with me. You you know the fruit on my tree. We've we've spent time together. We've bro- we've we've broken bread together and we've we've shared intimate details um, um, about our lives with one another and fellowship and things of that nature. And so one of the thing one of the scriptures that has really helped me. One of the scriptures is in Colossians chapter three, I believe, verse 13, where it talks about forbearing one another in love. And that word forbear, it it deals with patience. And, you know, we can't be so quick to cut each other off. Like even even if you don't understand me right away, I have to be able to show you grace and pray that your eyes are open um, eventually, because I've had encounters too, Chris, where I'm like, look, you trying to say, look, I'm not, I'm not supporting the black lives matter organization. I'm not, I'm not supporting. I'm not behind Marxism. I'm not behind demonic agendas, 
But I do recognize that racism exists and that a lot of the experiences that we have. And this is why one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is to specifically deal with the frustration that many black Christians are facing right now. And, 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 and the reason why I wanted to talk about it with you is because I've seen so many black Christians wrestle with their emotions and their frustration and anger. And because they haven't been embraced or been shown empathy from say their white brothers and sisters in the Lord, or even con just conservative, some Christians who are conservative, white and black haven't showed empathy towards their personal experiences they've allowed their anger and their emotions to take control and now they've allowed hatred to to take root in their hearts and now they're not even standing on biblical principles anymore when it comes to pursuing justice um it has shifted from equality to revenge and i think we got to be careful of that man like like i i can't i gotta be i gotta learn how to be angry and sin not as the bible says and so i think man one of the things that um comes to mind and i i'll be curious to hear some of your thoughts on this is like we when, when, when we look at for example uh when paul confronts Peter right in uh, Galatians chapter 2 uh, verse 11 through 14 and when you guys have time check out this story um, but Paul confronts Peter to his face right in Galatians chapter 2 because Peter is showing favoritism and bias towards the Jews and I'm just going to kind of give you guys a layman's term example of what happened we see Peter is in a room full of Gentiles and he's breaking bread with them. He, he's they're laughing, they're talking, they're having a good time. And soon as the Jews walk in the room, Peter separates himself from the Gentiles because he did not want the Jews to see him breaking bread with the Gentiles. He didn't want he cared more about what the Jews thought than what. The Lord thought. And what's important by the by, about this story, we see Paul literally confronts him to his face and like, yo, you being I'm just speaking in our modern day terms. You being racist, man. You showing favoritism. You're showing favoritism to the Jews as soon as they come into the room and you separate yourself from the Gentiles because you care what the Jews are going to think if they see you sitting with Gentiles and 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 what was great what's crazy about this to me um Chris is Paul was 100% right for correcting Peter right because if we remember in Acts chapter 10 Peter received revelation from the Lord while he's on the rooftop right that there is no respecter of persons that the Gentiles and the Jews, like there's no respecter of persons when it comes to God's plan for salvation. And so Peter had received revelation like 
oh, I used to think it was only for the, I thought, I used to think that this thing was only about Israel, but I'm seeing that God's plan of salvation is for all men. And so fast forward in Galatians, Peter is tripping. <laughs> he's being, he's his bias is showing. And so what I think we have to understand as believers and now I'm speaking to all believers because what you brought out a very good point when you talked about your experience. Like you didn't just you you didn't just get dirty looks from white people, but your wife has gotten dirty looks from black people. Like we can be biased too, right? As black Christians, we can't allow the sin that has caused us hurt and frustration and anger we can't turn around and be guilty of the same thing in our heart because our judge is god and so that's something that i've really been trying to stay grounded in in my experience whenever i encounter a brother or sister that seems to lack empathy and love towards the black experience in america because they're so quick to label, put put a put you in a box. Oh, the moment you say ra America is racism, now you're a woke Christian, or now now you're, yeah. and it, and I, I and I really hate that man. <laughs> I really hate that man. But man, do you have any thoughts on that man? I I don't want to be talking all because I I love your testimony and and your experiences, man. What has been what has been some of the things that that you've what have you done with the frustration that you've experienced? Like what has been something that has helped you in, in being able to still stay steadfast, forbear uh, one another as the scriptures say, and, and fellowship with your brothers and sisters, even if you have disagreements in, in this particular area? Uh, well, one thing I'll say coming from the Galatians passage, um, Paul says in verse 11 of Galatians 2 that, that uh, Peter stood condemned. And then later he says in verse 14 that his conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel. Mm. And one of the things that I had to keep going back to is the gospel. Uh, I'm a pastor, and the Lord's providence allowed us to preach through Philippians, which is a book of joy and unity, and step-by-step, side-by-side, arm-in-arm unity in the midst of American chaos. Man. And what I've realized from, from God's word is I don't have the option to not have the same mind, the same attitude. Like, I, I don't have the choice as a believer, as a man of God, as a human being who has been redeemed by Christ, I don't have the choice to man. not seek unity and pursue reconciliation with my brothers in Christ. Because it's not in step with the gospel to let sin and unforgiveness and bitterness take root in my heart. To keep me from loving another Christian. Right. Despite their bias, despite their ignorance, we that's that is so powerful, man. We can't allow our emotions to cause us to lose sight of who we are in Christ. Because we're truly bought with a price. You know what I'm saying? Our lives are not our own. Like we can't we, we we can't just do what we want because we have surrendered our our lives to the king of kings the lord of lords and so 
that's so powerful, man. One of the things that helps me too, because everybody talks about justice, man. Oh, it's about justice, man. Like they're wrong, man. And it and and it's in our pursuit. What what I've what I've noticed in some people being overtaken by anger and frustration. And again, it's understandable. Sometimes it's justified because sometimes our experiences are real. But what I've seen is I've seen some of our black brothers and sisters. And I may have even been guilty of this in certain instances. I've seen where we've allowed our frustration to cause us to misuse the word of God to even justify our ill will towards our brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? Where we're more angry with Trump than we are the devil. We're like the the devil is sitting back chilling because we we so angry about Trump and politics. We not even proclaiming the gospel anymore. And 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 so one of the things that I've I've um, one of the scriptures I want to look at real quick um, is in Isaiah chapter one. Um, verse 16 through 18, but I want to look at verse 17 real quick because this is what I usually hear people start off with. People usually start off with verse 17 that says, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless, plead the widow's cause. And then it goes on to say in verse 18, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. Now, most of the times I usually hear people quote verse 17 and they stop. But one of the things that I'm learning in our pursuit for justice as Christians, whether we're white, black, yellow, red, whatever our ethnicity in our pursuit for justice the foundation has to be self-denial. Like we can't start pursuing justice if we're not first looking in the mirror to see the areas in our life that's not consistent with the word of God. Like when we look at verse 16, it says, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the eye, the evil of your deeds from before my eyes, cease to do evil. And then it goes on to say, learn to do good, seek justice, correct oppression, bring justice to the fatherless. Here's why I'm bringing out this point, And I'm so curious to hear your thoughts on this, Chris. One of the things that I'm noticing, and this is on, I hate to say both sides, because really, as believers, we're one kingdom. But usually people usually tend to take sides. You have the liberal Christians and then you have the conservative Christians. One of the things that I'm learning and noticing is that everyone is so busy pointing the finger at each other that no one is looking in the mirror saying, you know what, what are the areas where I'm inconsistent? What are the areas where I can be better? Where are the areas I need? I can do better at walking in sanctification because I've learned that when I become acquainted with my own flaws and my own shortcomings, it allows me to walk in humility and, and have more grace towards my brothers and sisters who may not understand or be willing to understand my plight or my experience. And so what's what's some what's your thoughts on that, bro? I mean, you said it. The, the scriptures are clear. Uh, I've been reading Isaiah this week, just trying to get a, a, a better picture of the prophet. 
And what you said is spot on. He's not talking to, I mean, he is talking to the leaders of Israel. Don't get me wrong, he is talking to them. Right. But he's also talking to Israel, the people, the individuals within the nation. Right. Um, you know, he talks about their, their uh, new moons, their Sabbath days. Like, I don't want any of it. When you spread out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you because you, as individuals who make up a group, aren't doing what's right. And I'll be the first to admit, early on in this situation, I was like the people you're describing uh, because I was just, I mean, it just hit me different this time. And I was so fed up with with uh, certain ministries that would show up in every comment. And I was I would go to church and I would talk to people and they would say, well, what about the looting? What about this? And what if he did this? And what if he did that? And it, it got to the point where I was just trying to defend myself. I was on the defensive. And, you know, I was coming home and griping to my wife, like, these people don't get it. They don't understand. They make me sick. But the reality is, like you said, and like the, like the scripture teaches, like, but yeah, once once I got the plank out of my own eye, and I was able to look at somebody else's back with a little less judgment, a little less anger, a little more patience, because one of the things I, I'm asking myself constantly, when I see a Facebook post that appeals to me emotionally, uh, whether it's black lives, or whether it's injustice, whether it's about politics, I gotta check myself and make sure that's not the flesh the fleshly response to that post because right. there, there's truth on, on each end of the spectrum. Uh, I like to call it a spectrum rather than sides because right. when I wrote the song "Whose Lives Matter," I don't think any of my friends fit in one camp or the other a hundred percent, maybe a, a small percentage. But when I look at the spectrum, I've got to make sure I'm checking myself that I'm not writing off this guy's truth. This guy's speaking the truth because I like this other guy. And I don't want to write off this guy speaking the truth because I disagree. And, you know, I, I so wanted people to just shut up and listen to me, shut up and listen to what I thought about the Bible, that I was no longer listening. You know, when the Bible says be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, I was quick to speak and, and quick to anger, but not quick to listen. And so even through this whole process, I'm having to, to search myself and repent of sin in my heart because the scriptures are calling me to that. And, um, you know, when we read the Bible, we can't read it to go correct somebody. We need to read it so that the, 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 the mirror of scripture, or scripture can, can change our hearts and reflect out from us to the world what God is doing in us. And so that's been a, a, a process. 2020 has brought out the worst in, in a lot of us. And I'll be the yeah. first to admit, like, I've struggled in these areas, but the Lord has been gracious and helped me. Amen. That's awesome, bro. And look, man, it's not that we, it's not that we can't even call sin, sin, but mm -hmm. what I've learned is when we fail to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, like when we, when we fail to deal with the, the speck or log in our own eye, like when we go out and start looking to call out other people's sin and deal with other people's sin, now it's coming from a place of self-righteousness because we have failed to really deal with the inconsistencies or the, the sin in our own lives, um, which, which God uses to humble us before him so we can move in grace and, and, and patience towards others. 
But when we fail to do the first step, now we're in a mob of people that are just pointing the finger at at each other on the opposite ex- spectrum of, of one another, as you said. And, and now the world is angry and nobody's focusing on Christ because that's really what all of this is a distraction from, man. I always say, man, Christ isn't just the God of the Christians. Like we have to remember that as believers. He's not just the God of the Christians. He's the God of the universe. He created everything. He's the God of atheists. He's the God of Muslims. He's the God of uh, Mormons, Jehovah Witness. He's the God of people. He's the God of everyone. At the end of the day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, right? That Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings to the glory of God, right? And so at the end of the day, we we have to recognize we represent him. And, and so as we deal with our personal lives, one of the things that I've been looking at is like, man, being honest with people about my experiences, like, you know, growing up, even growing up in Detroit, and I'm not sure if you know, knew this about Detroit. Detroit is the, um, has the highest populated black population than any other city, um, in the United States, meaning like our Detroit is like 80% black. African-Americans. So we have the highest African-American percentage to other races than any other city. Um, yet Michigan is is very segregated. So soon as you go outside of Detroit, you have different races and ethnicities. And it's just really segregated here. And I've always shared with different people brothers and sisters in the faith about my father's experience, you know, being a chief in the fire department in Detroit and how though the city is predominantly black, my dad dealt with a lot of racism in the Detroit fire department because you had white firefighters in leadership positions. And though the fire department was completely, um, the majority was African Americans, the leadership was were, were white men and they were they were promoting predominantly white men in positions of authority. And so it wasn't until affirmative action put in place that my father started moving up through the ranks. And it wasn't that he wasn't ever deserving of promotions. He just wasn't getting looked. He was getting overlooked. And, and so I've seen different pastors jump on Facebook and say things like, yo, affirmative action, forget about affirmative action. And, you know, what about us? You know, if if affirmative action happens, what about us? And I'm like, man, before affirmative action was put in place, you know, you guys were just fighting for positions amongst each other. It wasn't fair for us in certain instances. Now, that's my that's my father's experience. Right. I know that may be different for someone else, but us having the ability to hear each other out. Um, and I think that's the importance of fellowship, uh, Chris. Like, if I know you, man, if I know your fruit, like if I see how you live your life, why am I going to take someone's word for it on social media who I don't know over your word? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
and, and so I just think, man, we have to do a better job at the end of the day, loving each other. We have the purpose to walk in love, man. You know, um, that's been something that I've been extremely convicted by in the midst of all of this. Like, am I really loving my brothers and sisters? Like, yeah, I know even if they're wrong as two left shoes, like two left feet, like, am I walking in love? You know what I'm saying? Like, how am I how am I living my life, man? And so that's that's been something that I've been really truly convicted about, man, and in the midst of all of this. And let me ask you this. If you were to encourage the body of believers, like with some final words, what would be some some encouragement you would give us, man, as 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 believers as we go through these trying times, especially in the midst of this political season that we're in? Uh, man, to be honest, the big thing I would say is keep your eyes on Jesus. And I know that's cliche, mm-hmm. but that's the advice that one of my best friends has been constantly reminding me. And as I read through Philippians, uh, we're in chapter four. Think on these things. Mm. There, there are so many passages in the scripture that speak about where our, our thoughts and our mind need to be. And it's so easy to get caught up in our race our ethnicity, those things are important, but those things aren't ultimate. Our identity is ultimately not in what color our skin is, it's not in what culture we live in, our ethnicity, our nation. Our ultimate identity should be in Christ. And the scriptures tell us that as we behold Jesus, we become transformed into his image from glory to glory. Uh, when When the scriptures tell us to set our minds on the things above and not things on this earth, the scriptures are reminding us to look to Jesus. Psalm 1, the blessed man meditates day and night. If we can't get consumed with Christ, consumed with his glory, consumed with his word, then we're going to keep on getting caught up in wave after wave, tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Every time something pops up, we're going to get sucked into it. We're going to get lost in it. And the word of God is a sure foundation. So, you know, that's what the Lord's been reminding me of. Even even this week, just get in the Bible more. Amen. We, uh, we need to people who believe Bible. And, and that, with that, strive not to be right. Strive not to be left. Strive not even to be middle. Strive to be biblical. And Amen. typically, when you're biblical, you're not going to agree with all the right. You're not going to agree with all the left because the right and the left aren't biblical worldviews. The only biblical worldview is the Bible. It, it's what or the Bible's the only place that gives us that worldview. And when we strive not to be playing these games of, of whose side we're going to pick, we'll start to see that the Bible transcends all this, and the Bible has something to say about all these things. And that's where we've got to go. We've got to listen to God's voice. Amen. No, I love that, man. That's awesome. Something um, I want to close out with, just kind of piggybacking on what you said, our identity is in Christ. Like even, you know, some people are like, man, oh, I have to uh, deny my blackness to be a Christian or I have to deny my whiteness. No, like, listen, God made us who we are. But at the end of the day, anything compared to Christ is rubbish. My, my blackness, my political part, all of it, we have to we have to be willing to count our earthly allegiances as dung 
when held up to the excellency of Christ. Um, when we look at Philippians chapter three, and this will be the last scripture I share, but I think it's so fitting. We see Paul talking about his credentials as a Hebrew. And he starts off, I'm going to start at verse three. He says in Philippians three, verse three, he says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. This is where many of us are getting it wrong. We're having confidence in the flesh. We're having confidence in our political parties. We're having confidence in our blackness. We're having confidence in everything but Christ. He says, have no confidence in the flesh. Verse four, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. He says, I'm qualified if I wanted to. He says in verse five, circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. He says, man, I was a Hebrew of Hebrew. He says, but in verse seven, but what things were gained to me, my political affiliations, my blackness, my whiteness. He says, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted loss for Christ, yet doubtless. And I count all things. Somebody say all things. I count all things, but loss for the excellency of of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Listen, man, this is powerful, man. Like we can't lose sight of who we are in Christ. And, and listen, man, I thank you, Chris, for sharing your testimony, man. I thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, you guys, I want to make sure you guys stream his his new single, Whose Lives Matter. But Chris also just dropped a, a album a couple of, was it like a couple of months ago, Chris? Tell, tell the people about your latest project that's available. Yeah, so, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, I unofficially released my beat tape called Autumn Leaves. And then uh, this past Friday, it officially released on streaming sites. It's uh, Instrumentals that you can listen to while you're studying or while you're out for a ride, just enjoying autumn. But um, embedded within the beat tape is scripture. So every song title nice. has scripture with it. So you could actually be drawn to meditate on various passages of scripture while you're listening to the beat tape. And so, uh, again, if we want people to be in the Bible, we've got to push people to the Bible. And that's that was kind of my mentality for this beat tape was listen to some beats, study the word, yeah, Chris, Chris, you guys, is an amazing producer, rapper. He does both like I do. Um, phenomenal on both ends. Um, so he just dropped his beat tape. But what about your, your last rap album, too? What's the title of it for the people? Yeah, so the last rap album I dropped was Trinity uh, last summer. Great and, project. Uh, you can find it on. Yeah, you can find it on all streaming sites. Um, I appreciate the encouragement and the feedback. Uh, the ultimate aim of that album was uh, to praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit and show you how Father, Son, and Spirit are all throughout Scripture. Um, and a couple of projects I got on the way 
uh, include one, probably a follow-up to my original album, Mano. I'm working on it. And then nice. I got a project called By Faith. Um, Galatians is, one, is a book I preach to. It's one of my favorite books. And there's a movement going on within black culture, but yes. but even within white culture of, like, let's become Jews all of a sudden. Let's get under the law. Let's become legalists. And let's pretend that we're Christians, but also talk about the law and who we are as Hebrews and Jews and all this. So uh, I wrote an album on Galatians. I'm working on one so that we can have a picture of what Scripture talks about, just like we talked about with Galatians 2 of our identity is ultimately in Christ, and if we get away from that, we're out of step with the gospel. So um, I, that's that's on the radar as well. I love it, bro. And listen, you guys are probably looking going to be looking up Chris Jones music. His name isn't spelled the uh, traditional Chris way. It's C H R Y S. Chris Jones. So <laughs> cuz you know, you know, bro, they was going to be looking like, man, I'm looking for Chris Jones. They're going to be looking up a totally different Chris Jones. So it's C H R Y S Jones. Make sure you stream and download all of his music. It's been a blessing to my life. And listen, brother, thank you for coming on once again. I love you greatly. And and my prayer is that God continues you to use you for his glory and just the blessing you've been to the body, man. I appreciate you, brother. Well, listen, um, thank you guys for tuning in to the Path of Revelation podcast. And this is where the culture meets scripture. <laughs>